This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. We're in Psalm 59 this morning, a Psalm of David, and it's a mystery of David when Saul uh, sent his men and they were watching the house to kill David. And if you'll notice, there's several Psalms. I know you've noticed as we've gone through them, there's several Psalms that David wrote in the midst of a struggle or a difficulty, in the midst of a, a, a time of pain or a time of anguish or a time of distraught. And let me just say this. Those are the common things in the world. They're not, they're not something that we like. They're not something that we enjoy, but they're uh, common to men that we would have struggles and difficulties. In fact, Jesus said himself, in this world, you will have trouble. Trouble is the uh, norm for the society and the world we live in. It is the norm for the condition of man, and it can either be dealt with by shoving your head up under the pillow and hoping it'll go away, or it can be dealt with in the way God desires for us to deal with it, and that is to uh, confront it and to overcome. And the reason he's, he desires that is because our fallen nature is that which uh, makes those troubles and difficulties possible. But his victory over death is what makes the victory over those things possible. And God desires for us to act, I guess for a better word, heroically. He desires for us to be heroes of the faith, people who act in faith. In fact, Hebrews chapter 13 has a roll call of, of, of uh, heroes of the faith of the Old Testament. And uh, he wants us to be heroes of the faith of the New Testament, those who overcome uh, by the power of uh, the blood of Jesus, which is the power of his conquering death with the shedding of his own blood and with the power of uh, his blood and with the word of our testimony, which the words that we say and do to overcome. The word of our testimony is the story of our overcoming. And it's important that you get that. That, that is one of, the, one of the hallmarks of life. And no matter what situation you find yourself in, and no matter who you are, and no matter um, what your gifts or talent levels, some people are not as talented or gifted as others, and many are gifted and talented way beyond others. And when we come to the situation that we find ourselves, your gifts and your talents are just the tools by which God is going to prove that he can use you to be an overcomer uh, in a situation. He can use you to be a, a world changer in a situation, even with the limited resources and the limited talent and the limited abilities that you may have. And he can turn to the whole world and say, look, look at this person and, and, and see that my, the blood of my son Jesus uh, has redeemed and saved them and made them new and look at the faith that they have and their ability to overcome what would no, normally be impossible for them to overcome because of me and using those limited tools that he's given us. 
And so he says, deliver me from my enemies, oh my God. Notice he's saying, I, I need deliverance. And really, that's what we all need. We all need deliverance. And that's been a provided. That deliverance has been provided through Jesus Christ. Defend me from those who rise up against me. And uh, really, we've been given the resources and the tools to defend ourselves. But God, we need to learn to trust in him so that we can act upon that defense and that ability. And so faith is the tool we use to build build upon the resources God has given us to defend ourselves. He says, deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save me from bloodthirsty men. And I would say those things are happening all around us. And, and it is true. You can watch the news and there are bloodthirsty men out there who are seeking to destroy us. And there are workers of iniquity out there who are seeking to divide and conquer us. But also we're those things too. We're, we've been those things and we've created a world where those things destroy. So when we enter into uh, the word of God and when we look at what God has to say here, I need to be delivered from those outside and the man from within also. He says, for look, they lie in wait for my life. The mighty gather against me, not for my transgressions, nor for my sin, O Lord. And notice he says, there, I, it's really uh, kind of interesting in verse three, he says, listen, they're, they're lying in wait for me and they're not even lying in wait for me for the things they ought to lie in wait for me for. And he says, not for my transgressions or for my sins, O Lord. They run, prepare themselves through no fault of mine. What he's saying is, is <clears throat> they can come up with their own reasons to destroy me and they're not even using the ones that probably they should. That's, the, that's what he is saying here. Wait to me, uh, await to help me and behold, I like that. He says, okay, behold, which means, wow, look at that. You therefore, Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, wait to punish all the nations. And, and that is a common theme, not only in the Psalms, not only in David's writings, but that's a common theme throughout scripture is that we need God to wait and to fix the world system that we're in. And, and we can talk about world, we can talk about economic systems, we can talk about political systems, and they are different. The economic systems are capitalism, and then the some of the systems that have passed away, although they exist in some dark corners of the world, feudalism and slavery and things like that. But then you've got the Marxist systems of communism, socialism, and and, and fascism. Then you've got you've got political systems of totalitarianism, and then you've got the different forms of democracy, whether it be, whether it be a representative democracy, which or a representative republic, which is what we live in, or maybe many of the European nations have a parliamentarian system. We can talk about all these systems that are in place and the things that rule and govern nations. But the truth of them, truth is, all of them are flawed. And the reason they're flawed is because they're flawed by 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 men. Now, some of them are better than others because some of them are based off of. Uh, biblical and New Testament principles and other others of them are godless and desire to subjugate men and keep them in, in bondage and, and keep them keep uh, humans from their uh, full potential. So there are some that are more evil than others, but the truth is that all the systems of man do not meet the standard that God has given us. He says, wait to punish all the nations. Do not be merciful to any wicked transgressors. And a lot of times you look around and you say, I just want you to take care of it, God. But the truth is that we're not trophies of God's wrath and judgment. We're trophies of his grace. And so our lives should be focused on being graceful toward others 
and, and not desirous of wrath. At evening, they return, they growl like a dog, they go around, go all around the city. Indeed, they belch with their mouth, swords or their lips, for they say, who hears? And, and what they're saying, what he's saying is they're constantly out there. And notice they, they, notice when they, uh, they, they really attack. And I, I will say this. <clears throat> You can tell a lot about a group or an organization by when they're at work. And this group and organization that he's talking about, this group of people, they're at work at night and they're going around and they're growling like dogs. And what's the purpose of a dog growling? Remember, dogs are pictures of the demonic. And them growling is a picture of them trying to place fear in your heart. I'm glad my dad, as a young man, taught me how to handle barking and growling dogs. You stare them in the eye and you you prove that you yourself to be stronger and superior to them and they will back down and so will the demonic. He says, and I'm giving you all kinds of stuff this morning, by the way. He says, indeed, uh, they belch with their mouth swords or their lips. But remember, we have a sword that's greater than any sword. We've got the Excalibur of, uh, of the spiritual swords and that is the word of God. And he says, for they say, who hears? What they're saying, is there anybody out there that hears God? We don't believe there's anybody out there that does. But you, O Lord, shall laugh at them. And God does. They, they, God's watching and dealing with man is not one of fear. And, and nothing that has happened or ever shall happen surprises him. You shall have all the nations in derision. I will wait for you, O Lord. I will wait for you, O you his strength. And notice he is making reference. It is a, This is a prophetic reference to Jesus. For God is my defense. And the truth is he is your defense. Your defense starts with the blood of Jesus and it ends with the blood of Jesus and it never deviates from that defense. Your defense is, is the blood of Jesus. My God of mercy shall come to meet me. And he will. He comes to meet us. He comes to provide that mercy, which is giving us, making sure that we do not receive what we actually deserve. And what we deserve is separation and death, but we're not that because even though our transgressions, are, they've been washed white as snow by the blood of Jesus. He says, God shall let me see my desire on my enemies. And that is going to happen. We're we're getting to a passage in the Revelation where God is allowing the saints who who are under the altar, who cry for vengeance on those who shed their blood to happen. God will do that. But for the moment, that is not our, uh, that's not the work of God for us today. Now that may come also for us down the road. Do not slay them, lest my people forget. Scatter them by your power and bring them down, O Lord, our shield. And David is actually asking that they not be totally destroyed because he wants them to be, he wants there to be a time of remembrance, time of remembrance of, of what they've done. And so not all of them does he want destroyed. He just wants their power to dissipate or be scattered and to bring them down. He says, for the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips, let them even be taken in their pride and for their cursing and lying, which they speak. Notice what he's saying. For what they're doing, I want you to knock them down in the middle of their pride. And then, and boy, you there's enough people out there and there's enough of those who are on the side of godlessness in this world out there speaking. 
that you, that's what you really want to, you want them dumbfounded. I've seen a video from 2016 where they are dumbfounded because they feel like they invincible, cannot be beat, but they can, and they can be consumed. So he says, consume them in wrath, consume them, that they may not be, and let them know that God rules in Jacob to the ends of the earth. And what he's saying is, I want them to know that they do not have control over what's going on. That's a prayer for me in my heart today, is verse 13. Consume them in wrath, consume them, that they may not be, and that and, and let them know that God rules in Jacob to the end of the earth. And at the evening they return, they growl like a dog again, and go around all the city. They wander up and down for food, and how if, if they are not satisfied, and that's what they do. They wander around to destroy, they seek to kill and destroy, and they want food, but the truth is they howl when they don't get what they want. They whine and cry. He says, but I will sing of your power. Now, these, this is where David turns to faith, and he always ends up turning toward faith in the psalm, even in the midst of the worst situation. He says, I'll sing of your power. Notice he say, he's always into singing, because singing is what drives out the power of darkness. He says, yes, I'll sing aloud of your mercy in the morning. Notice when he's at work, he's at work in the morning, not in the evening and at night. He's at work in the morning. He says, yes, I'll sing aloud of your mercies in the morning, for you have been my defense. You're the one that has taken care of me. You're the one who has set the set a, a fence around me. He says, for you have been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. Now that is where it all comes from. God has given us days of trouble so that we might be heroic overcomers by faith. And, and that is the story of history. And that's the sociological story of, of the Christian walk is that we are defeated and defenseless. And God has made us heroes of his faith and trophies of his grace. And, and we need to act like that and refuge in the day of my trouble. To you, O oh my strength, I will sing praises. He says, to you, I'm gonna sing praises. To you, I'm gonna shout out. To you, I'm going to point. Notice verse 16 says, but I'll sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercies in the morning. And then he says, and then he says in verse 17, to you, O oh my strength, I will sing praises. For God is my defense, my God, of mercy. And it's not necessarily an extraordinary psalm. It's a, it's a, almost like it's a, a recapitulation of the things that God has said in the past through David in the psalms. But it's another one of those psalms because a lot of times the songs we sing, they speak of the same things, but God still desires a new song in our heart. He desires us to sing a new song to him so that we can reimagine the great things God has and is willing to do for us. So we can rethink of those things and consider them and allow him to be God, the God of our life and the God of our salvation. And so uh, this morning, I pray that will be the case for you. I pray that you will you will wake up and, and be sober and, realizes, and realize the trouble and the difficulty that uh, you were made to overcome today and that you would not see it. You would not see it for its pain and, and struggle, but you would see it for its opportunity. And the opportunity that it is today is for you to be an overcomer and for you to glorify your God 
as a God who is able to take that which is least and broken and make it the very best and make it one that creates great things in this world. You were made for that. And if you don't know that you were made for that, you need to spend some time with God and allow him to show you how he is willing to use you to be an overcomer. He wants you to be more than an overcomer through Christ Jesus. He wants you to be a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And so I pray that you would be that this morning. And I pray that if you can't find it this morning, that you'd seek somebody else out to help you, encourage you, and show you the way to his very, very best this morning. Because the sorrows of the day are overcome by the power and the might and the love and the grace of the Son of the living God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus. He is our friend, our brother. He's our lover. And he is our Lord. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.